Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. I'm Andy Bates. I had your mic on this time. Yay! Before I, <laughs> before I started talking. Oh, man. Uh, it is, uh, what day is it? Thursday? It's, it's Thursday. Thursday. Okay. Oh, it's been a weird week. It is Thursday. Uh, it's very cold outside, uh, which means uh, we're looking forward to things to do inside <laughs> that are warm and joyful, maybe. I don't know. Joy- joyful things make you warm inside, right? Uh, uh, there's a, a really great music event happening this weekend at... Uh, Concordia uh, Lutheran Church in Kirkwood, Missouri. Uh, joining us by phone, Dr. Bruce Carvel, artist, artistic director of the Collegium Vocale of St. Louis. Welcome, Dr. Carvel. Thanks for joining us today. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the the uh, what will be happening uh, this weekend at Concordia Kirkwood. Well, we'll be presenting a concert of music of Christoph Graupner, who may not be known to your listeners, but he was a, a significant contemporary of J.S. Bach and uh, it was it wrote a, a lot of music, over 1,400 sacred cantatas. We'll be doing four of these cantatas, and we believe they're the first performances since the early 18th century. Wow, that... That is really cool. Uh, tell us a little bit more. Um, you say that, that Graupner was a contemporary of Bach. What does that What does that mean for um, the way that he composed his style of music? Well, the music is similar to Bach, although he has he has a very distinctive voice of his own. It also is similar to the music of Telemann and Handel, if uh, who are more familiar composers. He spent his creative life in Darmstadt. Uh, from, and spent over 40 years there working for the Landgraf, who was the local ruler. Uh, he is probably best remembered in music history as having been offered the position at Leipzig in 1723, but turned it down because his his employer wouldn't release him. So the position fell to J.S. Bach, uh, and which allowed Bach to compose some absolutely amazing pieces over the next 40 or the next 20 years. But Ed Graupner was nice enough to write a note to the Leipzig town council saying that he thought Bach would do a really good job for them. He's a fine organist and a, and a good person. So, so that's, we know that, that Graupner was, had some gracefulness about him. This is fascinating. I always love learning the, the story behind the music and the, the, the musicians, the composers as well. You mentioned that, that Grabner was a contemporary of Bach. Do you know if they, if they ever met or interacted? Well, we don't know for sure. We think they may have been acquainted. Uh, we do know that Grabner spent several years working in Hamburg and was a friend of Telemann and Handel. Um, it's possible that he and Bach crossed paths, but we don't know for sure. But it wasn't the, a uh, you know a, a strong friendship or anything like that. It just no, they were certainly known to each other. Tell us more about the cantatas that will be presented this weekend. Well, there are, as I said, there are four, and they come from a range of years, from the first one being composed in 1712 and the last one being composed in 1728. Graupner, like most uh, 
music directors in in uh, courts and churches was responsible for providing a new cantata each week, uh, which is a pretty busy schedule. He had an arrangement with his his assistant. They would alternate weeks, so presumably Grochner had two weeks to uh, to write his cantata, get the parts copied, get the musicians to rehearse it a time or two, and then then perform it. Like Bach's cantatas, uh, Grobner's cantatas consist of an alternation of solos and ensembles uh, supported by an instrumental ensemble. Uh, We'll be joined on Sunday by uh, a string quartet, uh, Baroque bassoon, organ, trumpet, oboe, flute, and a couple of recorders. Ooh, I like recorders. (laughs) Well, it's a really charming soprano aria with two recorders, so we're we're looking forward to doing that. That's really fun. A lot of us uh, equate recorders with um, the the screechy uh, grade school plastic recorders, <laughs> um, but but that's that is not what what broke recorder music is, is it? That is correct. No, it's it's not so screechy, and <laughs> and actually these recorders that we're playing are actually wood, mm-hmm. so uh, there there is. They're copies of instruments that would have been known to Graupner, as all of our musicians play. We we perform in what's called historically informed manner, so we try to take advantage of uh, the most recent research in the way this music was performed, and we we do music with one singer on a part rather than a chorus, which we believe reflects uh, Graupner's practice. So... It's as close as we can get to uh, replicating what Graupner himself would have heard. And the additions that we use actually are ones that I have newly done from digital copies of Graupner's manuscripts and parts that are held in the library at Darmstadt but are available online in a digital format. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Uh, You mentioned that that these these are... are, um maybe the, the first time that these have been heard uh, in, in, in is it North America? Well, or the world. We're not mm-hmm. sure. Um, there's, there's a Graupner revival going on now. For many years, he was, was rather unjustly neglected. Part of the reason for that was that after he died, he had requested that all his manuscripts be destroyed. Um, but the... A lawsuit ensued involving the Landgraf, who thought they belonged to him, since he had, was Graupner's employer, and the family of Graupner. And it took over 50 years for this lawsuit to be resolved. And by the time that it was settled, all of the people that cared about it were dead. So the music went back into the library. Uh, during World War II, the manuscript were taken out of the library to protect them during the war. And I believe that they were microfilmed at that time and that those microfilms have been digitized. And that's actually what we have access to. But it's very exciting for me to be able to work from Graupner's manuscript in his own, in his own handwriting, uh, as well as the parts of the original performers uh, from that period. Wow, so this isn't music that you can just go buy <laughs> online. It's not just sheet music you can buy at, the, at a music store. This is really unique. Um, in, well, in... Yes, we do go our ahead. own research, and that's one of the things that we 
specialize in is doing the music of the 17th and early 18th century, and as often as possible, we turn to original sources for our performing materials. Tell me a little bit more about that. When you you find um, original sources like this in that process of of uh, preparing it to for uh, for a concert such as uh, the cantatas being presented this weekend. Well, it's there are some stylistic differences in the manuscript and the handwriting at the, in these manuscripts, but uh, I've been trained to do that, and it's it's fun for me. To feel like working a sort of a high class crossword puzzle uh, <laughs> as I sort things out, because in some of the manuscripts there are it is bleed through. Sometimes notes are not always clear. The handwriting is very difficult uh, unless one is a specialist. And I have help from a gentleman associated with the library in Darmstadt who helps me transcribe the texts, um, which I'm very grateful for. Are there significant differences in music notation since that time? uh, Basically, it's similar. It's just the difference between something written by hand and something typeset. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've I've transcribed them into the computer, and so once I get the score, then I have software that allows me to generate parts uh, for the musicians. And it's, it's just easier. The parts are actually clear enough that with some practice, modern musicians could read from them. But it just since we have limited rehearsal time, mm-hmm. it just speeds things up to have it in modern notation that's more familiar to them. Sure. E- easier to read, easier for, for all the, the musicians. Uh, we have just about two minutes left, but um, what, what can the audience expect this weekend at the concert? What will they hear? Well, I, I think they'll have... It, uh, it's a rare opportunity to hear to discover some music that was highly regarded in its own day and that has that will be new to our to our audience um, performed in a, an interesting and exciting uh, manner that we believe helps bring the music alive we have some fabulous musicians uh, that accompany us uh, our first violin in this concert is Lorraine Glass Harris who for over 40 years played with the St. Louis Symphony mm. Uh, we have wonderful Baroque bassoon and Baroque oboe players. The musicians are all local. We're very fortunate that there are specialists who perform perform this music that are willing to join with us in these projects. Um, the the fourth cantata that we're doing uh, draws upon the uh, the the last day and the the, the great trumpet sounding. So we have Grogner wrote a part for a solo trumpet. We have John Korak of SIU Edwardsville playing mm-hmm. Baroque trumpet for us, which which is a thrilling sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I've uh, I've made music with John before, and he is fantastic on Baroque He's trumpet. Fabulous and a great colleague. Yes, uh, we're really really fortunate to have access to these people and that they're they're willing because it's an adventure for them as well because they're playing music they've not played before mm-hmm. and so we're all discovering uh, at the same time and it's really it, it's it's a fun and exciting way it's it's also uh, a way to deepen one's spiritual understandings these texts uh, many of the texts were written by Johann Kasper Lichtenberg, who is a noted 
theologian and pastor in his own day. <laughs> yeah. Well, Dr. Bruce Carvel, uh, Artistic Director of the Collegium Vocale of St. Louis, thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. I'm Andy Bates. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere.